Podicumens, and welcome to another episode of the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I am Brett Maddox, and once again, I'm joined by your very best friends in the whole wide world, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. How are you guys doing? Hey, everybody. I'm doing great. It is great to be back with you. Hey, everybody. Great to see you. I hope you're having a wonderful day. April awesome. Fool's. April Fool's. Uh, yeah, it is April Fool's. It is Today. April 1st. Today is on our recording day. Absolutely. It is also on the church calendar, Maundy Thursday. Um, and any Latin scholars on the uh, on the Zoom call tonight? Today? Yeah, that uh, means that means Monday and Thursday all at the same time. That's right. It's a Monday, Thursday service right. tonight. Right. You know? Exactly right. So, uh, no, that's such not. a preacher joke. That is not right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the word Monday comes from the word mandate, a commandment, and uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet, telling them to go do and like do likewise, the Lord's Supper being celebrated right before uh, the the death of Jesus. We're in the we're in Holy Week. We're at the latter end of Holy Week. Um, we celebrate Palm Sunday on Sunday. Jesus walking in, uh, coming into Jerusalem uh, amidst uh, lauds of "Here comes the King," and now things are about to turn. Where those very voices that were saying um, "Hosanna" are going to be saying "Crucify" um, tomorrow. So, and by the time y'all listen to this, you can shout. Happy he is, Easter. He has risen indeed. So let's go ahead and give an early happy Easter to our Podakesis community. Happy well, Easter. He has risen. He's risen, he risen indeed. risen indeed. It's, it's early for us, but as you're listening to this on Monday, it's actually the day after the celebration. But we are always in Easter season, so this is uh, one of the great things about the Christian tradition. Uh, the greatest holiday, the greatest, uh, the pinnacle day of worship being Easter, but it's also the day that it never ends. We as Christians, we are Easter Christians 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So it's a beautiful, wonderful reminder that death has definitely lost its sting. There is no victory in death, um, and Christ is victorious. Just so, a quick correction. This year, yes. uh, this year it'll be 365 days, but uh, every, every fourth year, we, it's, it's still Easter, 366 days. Actually, on leap year, there is no Easter on that day. There's <laughs> this fun on. fact was brought to you by <laughs> Jim. <laughs> So this is really a fun time of the church year to be diving into our catechism questions. We started yeah. uh, not too long ago. We took the turn to talk about what Christians believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what an exciting time to dig into some of what it is that Jesus does here in right. the next few weeks. That's absolutely right. We're, we're continuing kind of a series on Jesus, and now we're kind of getting to kind of some sub-series on what Jesus does. Um, what kind of his, um, the word is offices, um, and that's the way we're going to put it. But before we get to that, I do want to just make uh, some quick announcements here. Um, uh, thank you uh, to uh, the, thank you to those who have been hitting us up on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on um, on Instagram, at Podakesis is that handle, and also questions at podakesis.com is where you can contact us, send any questions that you have. And we do have a voicemail, and we had a voicemail caller um, uh, who came in, and just basically she said to us, Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. Um, you have really, uh, w- she said we sparked something in her that she's sharing with her church. And so we're so grateful that uh, they, that 
the podcast is available and we have some great fans out there, but that it's also making a difference and changing lives and doing what it needs to do in our community, helping Christians to grow. Um, and that phone number is 404-635-6679. And you can call anytime and we may even play uh, your voicemail here on the podcast. Um, so, and a quick shout out to Firebrand Magazine. Um, I gave the wrong URL last time. I said oh, no. .org. Firebrandmag.com. Known.org, and we'll put it in the show notes. Yes, in the show notes. And it'll be there for you to look at, and we're grateful for that wonderful Wesleyan uh, resource that is available. All right, are y'all ready to get into this week's topic? Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get it. So, in the catechesis in John Wesley's revision of the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism, in his revision of this, uh, we're going to deal deal with two questions, questions 23 and 24. And actually, question 23 sets up 24, 25, and 26, our next three episodes. And so, question 23 says, uh, what offices does Christ execute as our Redeemer? I don't. I, I. I just don't know. Yeah, we what we need an answer to this question. I think. I. I, I just. It, Did it come week, to you? Every yeah, week. Every time. Every week, you guys don't know the answer. Well, here it is. Yes, please tell us. <clears throat> Christ, on, as our Redeemer, executes the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in his estate of hum- humiliation and exaltation. Absolutely awesome. And so this brilliant. This 23rd question um, and answer is going to really set up the next three episodes as we dive into Christ as prophet, Christ as priest, and Christ as king, and, and how he executes those offices and why those offices are important. And before, um, and I'm going to put Jim on the spot here, uh, but before we we started our episode recording, uh, Jim was kind of sharing a few things with us about these three offices and kind of how uh, these are these have been set up or there's foundations to these offices throughout the scriptural witness. And Jim, I wonder if you could tell our listeners just real, like you told um, Alan and I, <laughs> absolutely, uh, what you said about that, because I think it was yeah. very important yeah. to understand. So what do you all think? of when you think of the word offices um well i think of uh michael scott well oh, oh you do well yeah. i'm sitting in my office so you think of actually something a little funnier <laughs> <laughs> the office the office oh yeah. man yeah. but um so the uh, the term offices in our christian theology has to do with uh the major work and the role of the work um so when we talk about the offices of christ we're talking about what jesus does what christ does so mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about who he was. Now we talk about what he does. And this idea of Christ, of priest, redeemer, and king, one, it it's naturally brought out through scripture and through what Jesus does, but it's also a, a succinct way for us to remember and keep the big picture of what Jesus is doing in mind. And so if you look back, the um, these offices existed throughout the Old Testament, just in different people. Right. And they're, they're, predicted or prophesied to be a part of the messianic offices. So for example, when we say Jesus is prophet, you can look back and you can see Moses as the prefiguring or first prophet and lawgiver to which then Jesus becomes the prophet and the the, the new lawgiver. Right. You can see uh, as a priest, you have first uh, Aaron and Melchizedek, um, and then the Levitical line of priests prefigure the priestly role that Jesus will play. 
And then the role of king is prefigured by King David, the mm-hmm. messianic king, uh, uh, the idea uh, that there would be a messianic king. And never throughout the history of the world and scripture have all three of those works been found within one person. And so in Christ, Christ himself fulfills those three offices. He does those three great right. works. You can see kind of traditionally, um, he does the work of a prophet from his baptism up through Holy Week. And then starting in Holy Week, through his death, he picks up the role of priest. And then throughout, and then primarily then uh, after his burial into his resurrection, he picks up again the role of king. Though there's bleeding in and through of right. all of those, of course, but right. those are primary figures um, right. of what those are. So it's pretty neat that Jesus is the unity mm-hmm. of the three major salvific works in the scriptures. And even in his return, the the image there of king is such a a big image as part of that Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Um, so good, good deal. So um, the, uh, so as we move in then to looking at these individual offices, uh, we're going to start with prophet and we'll do priest and king in the next episodes. Um, we're going to start with prophet. And so we're going to start where we like to start, and that's in the scriptures themselves. And so I think Alan Kaysen has a word for us from John 1. Let's take a look at, there's a question 24 gives us a broad explanation real quick. So let's take oh, a look at Oh, you know at what? That I didn't even answer. do that. That's a, that, Jim, you saved the day. What Co-host. am I doing? Co-hosting. Well, yes. Let, All right. Let me guys, let me just tell you this. So Jim did a great job explaining the offices of, <laughs> of, of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic job! Yes, it was, he, did, <laughs> he did a lot of he did a lot of explanation. Really good foundational for this episode and the episodes leading up. Um, but he did ask this question of like, when you think of office, what do you think of? Well, and and Brett answered correctly in my Thank terms, you, I correctly. That, yes. And um, the office, the television show, and so you know, so this question mentions three offices, and I, you know, I just there's three of us. One podcast. Uh-huh. I just I did I had, I couldn't help but think, man, three of us represent there's there's characters on the office that are represented that we represent. Okay. Um okay. And I did I did a lot of research on this. <laughs> Probably more research than than I should have. You should have been um, researching this episode, honestly. I might have. And so <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys handle the episode, but I really feel like that um that Brett um actually jim you know this character andy (laughs) (laughs) i think nard um, dog Nard dog. uh, you know just like andy had his quartet group called here comes treble um (laughs) you were also a member of a quartet um and drama and so forth and you have a great singing voice and so you remind me a lot of andy and and um, Brett, you remind me of Daryl. You know Daryl. Hey, I'll take I'll take that Darryl, honestly. Darryl I'll take Daryl. Daryl looks at everybody and he's like, "What in the heck is going on here?" And Brett, I think that's what you oftentimes look at me and Jim and think, "What the heck <laughs> is going on?" And then, of course, I um, I think, of course, the best character that represents me is Kevin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of clueless don't know what's going on and uh i just feel like uh yeah 
Um, so that's my contribution to today's episode, guys. Uh, uh, listeners, I really hope that you uh, enjoy today's episode brought to you by Jim and Brett. <laughs> and by the way, not only was that your contribution to the episode, that was also the moment that the Potokesis band broke up. Welcome to our final episode, friends. <laughs> Welcome to our final episode. Oh my gosh. So, Although, so- I'd like, no, however, like, okay, time out. Um, I, I think that you've got me wrong. Okay. And it's not that my name is Jim and I should be Jim. I've got a better idea. Okay. I've been submitting lengthy essays to the Potokesis website for months to a URL that Brett gave me that would say, that said it would go live on the internet. And I've come to find out that it's not on the internet. I think that I'm Creed. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been posting these things. It's a word document. Come on. Nard He's actually dog. sprouting mung bean, oh, mung beans in his Well, dog. I did I did believe that Jim was Jim was too on the nose. So um anyways, back to the regular scheduled uh, programming for today. Um, uh, let me ask the question and then Okay, we'll what see is if, the question? Uh what uh, um what off uh, well we've already asked that question. Where is how the, does Christ there you go. execute the office of a prophet? Yes, it that's the question. I don't know, I got lost. Yes, that one. Well, Christ executes the office of a prophet in revealing to us by his word and spirit, the will of God for our salvation. Awesome. 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 Good job. That taught me a lot because for a second, when I I heard we were going to talk about Christ and prophet, I thought that it was going to be how Christ would make us rich and show us how to turn a prophet in our ministries and and things like that. We can make more money. But so now I've been humbled and I'm learning. So this is already good for me. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So well, let's, let's let's talk about making a profit. No, no, that's not. Okay. Uh, I think, Alan, you've got a, a word yes. from us for so from John, the Gospel of John, John. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18, uh, says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Mm-hmm. And so the role of a prophet is to reveal God, is to um, to show God uh, to us. And so um, Jesus is the the full representation of God, um, and uh, and 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 in that fulfills his role as prophet. Yes, and the word there is important yeah, too, because exactly. a prophet in the uh, Old Testament will speak the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. And so, uh, well, I, and also in John, that opening chapter of of John, um, he refers to Jesus as the Word. Mm-hmm. And here in our question, he talks about um, um, revealing to us by His Word and Spirit the will of God for our salvation. So yeah. here's the Word of God. Um, living, speaking the word of God, revealing God to us. That's exactly right. Good deal. Good deal. All right. So, and then we're going to skip on over to first Peter uh, chapter one. And I think Jim um, has got that or Andy, Andy's got that. So <laughs> um, I'm honored to come on the podcast one last time to read a word <laughs> of scripture for you. Now uh, verses 10 through 12 of chapter one. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you 
when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. And so the prophets of the Old Testament were searching the, the spirit of Christ uh, for the word and for the times and for the knowledge of what would be revealed by God. And so that shows that um, that eternal word, the eternal spirit of Christ that the prophet spoke is the same in one Christ that is revealed as we read about just a few moments ago in the Gospel of John. Yeah, and I think it's important to just park here for a second and to say, you know, sometimes we will say that, um, remind people that Christ said um, that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. But that's not absolutely correct. Actually, what the text says is he did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. He came right. to fulfill them. And the and the prophets is so important to this because what Jim was sharing with us about Jesus being kind of the unity of these uh, classical roles in Judaism of the prophet, priest, and king, he's the unification of those, the fulfillment of those. Right. Um, that is how the gospel writers will see Jesus as a fulfillment of those important offices that we saw in the Old Testament. And, you know, just real quick, um, fulfill is a tricky word that we we right. make super narrow like yeah. to fulfill the prophets is like oh great there was a foretelling of something and it happened like right. that prophecy was fulfilled well yes true but um the idea of the prophets being fulfilled is not just that they had it right and jesus is the one they were prophesying about jesus was the one through whom they were prophesying right In the same right. way he he is the fullness. You could almost think of it as the full fullness of the message of the prophets. Right. So he himself being the word in which they were speaking, it's not just as if, hey, back in the day, somebody made a prediction and it came true. So, whoa, awesome. That stuff is true. Right. But the very, the very spirit with which they were speaking from is well Christ. One well, is a great, it's a fresh reminder to our listeners that remember, we've already talked about how Jesus is a part of the Trinity, the, the, uh, that he's eternal. And so um, before Christ took flesh, Christ was, was, was there. And so Christ, and so these prophets are speaking um, through the spirit of Christ as the scripture uh, says. Absolutely. So, right. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go back to the Gospel of John with two more passages, um, and I think it's important that it's interesting that the writer, uh, or the the catechism, I should say itself, is drawing so heavily from the Gospel of John. Um, John, un so Matthew is a very um, kingly uh, image of Jesus, uh, Old Testament king, um, uh, very heavy on the Moses figure as well. So is Mark. And so, um, and Luke also heavy on these, uh, these images as well. But John is a little bit different. Uh, John definitely does hold on to these classic offices himself, as we've seen. But the way John is written and how John is structured, um, where Matthew, Mark, and Luke might be more chronological in order, John is more thematic in order. Um, and it's an ancient biography um, that is not so much concerned about chron the chronology of Jesus as much as it is telling a story about who Jesus is. And so you've got sev uh, seven miracles or signs and wonders that are in the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. uh, John will say he did 
Jesus did many more than these, but these we, we uh, I, are written so that you may know that he is the Son of God and have eternal life in his name. Um, John is an interesting, um, interesting book, and it's actually my favorite of the Gospels. Um, and, um, and I don't say that to say that I don't like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I love Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's no, the word that's of what God. you mean. Bummer. Okay. That's yeah. what you mean. No, no, yeah. too late, too late, yeah. too late. <laughs> I can't, I can't take that back, can I? Heretic. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to be known as <laughs> on Holy Week. And, um, but John has just got a beautiful way, of of, of put, uh, of, presenting Jesus to us that is different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, and so I say all that to say, uh, we're going to look at Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, uh, John uh, 15, and uh, and then we're going to look at John 20. So John 15, starting at verse 12, uh, we're going to focus on 15, uh, verse 15, though. Uh, this is the commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer. This is verse 15, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from the Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name, and I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Notice this. I have made known to you everything that I've heard from my Father, from verse 15, the end of verse 15. This idea of the will of God being made known to us uh, by Jesus. He has revealed this, made this known, um, and is an important piece to this. And I, it's interesting here, too, uh, this is what's, what makes John so it's such an interesting author for the gospel and for his letters, is that obedience to Jesus, to the commands of Jesus, is paramount for John. It, obedience to the commands of Christ is it, 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 it shows the fruitfulness of our belief of our faith. Um, it's interesting. I, I would implore you to read the Gospel of John and then read John, First uh, John, First uh, John, Second John, and Third John, uh, because it's an interesting. Uh, you almost see in the letters, First, Second, Third John, what the Gospels look like being lived out. Hmm. And it's it's a very interesting thing. And this idea of being obedient to the commands of uh, to the the commands of Christ is is important. But yes, Christ has revealed to us everything we need to know. And I think um, I think all the other part of this verse is um, hinting towards um, the, the question twenty three that gets us start, started talking us to us about the offices of Christ. Um, and the estate of humi- humiliation. Right. Um, <clears throat> now, I think a big part of that, obviously, is the uh, the arrest, the betrayal, the the crucifixion of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, but also his the way the way that Christ served. Um, and so, right before this passage, jo- Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet, which is today's Monday Thursday. We've already yeah. we've already mentioned that, and um, and. Um, and so he is, he is living out these offices, um, through his serving through the, through the crucifixion, um, and then also in his exaltation, um, afterwards. Um, so, uh, and John's the only one that tells us of Jesus washing the feet of 
of his disciples, um, which is an interesting piece to this as well. Hey, y'all ever held foot washing services at your church? Yeah, we've done it before, yeah. It really is a humbling experience, isn't it? It's most, yeah, it hurts. Um, it hurts. Like, what, were they pumicing your feet? No, 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 no. Like the person who's giving, doing oh, the foot washing. Oh, okay. I thought that maybe it was like a real pedicure and they no, no, no. Like, or something. Like it really puts a strain on your back and on your knees. It's not easy to do. Sure, yeah. Um, and it's odd to touch somebody's feet. Um, it's odd for them. It's odd for you. Um, you, you. You don't realize how much you don't, you know, even people wearing sandals and stuff, we just don't look at each other's feet. It's just an odd thing. And then you're forced into this and it's kind of a, it is strange. Yeah. uh, And just uh, as a, as a quick note that when classically, when we're talking about the humiliation and exaltation of Christ, you you remember the uh, Philippians Christ hymn in chapter two talks about who did not consider himself. uh, Anyway, he humbled himself even to the point of a slave. uh, even to the point of death and then was exalted. So you can take the humiliation beginning uh, at the point in which uh, Christ incarnation is, is announced for the well, incarnation yeah. all the way down to his burial. And then if you're so inclined, his descent into hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's comes all the way down and the exaltation that that would include the, the entirety of his human life, which he then exemplifies through his humble actions and his self-sacrifice. Right. And then his exaltation being all the way to heaven. So um, basically the catechism saying he, Christ fulfills these offices all the time. All the time, right. Not yep. just that he did, correct, but that he still is. Yes, absolutely. Um, before I go into the other John passage, one of the things uh, that's interesting out of Thomas Oden's uh, systematic theology, um, uh, and I'll post a link to, to there's a one-volume set, but I'm actually reading from the three-volume Um, set of his systematic theology. He says this, and he quotes Calvin, and we're Wesleyans, but Calvin was a good Bible teacher. He was, um, and Wesley was a a huge... Heretic. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to mute you. Um, Wesley was a fan of Calvin, except for a few points. (laughs) Um, Y'all don't know how much fun I have uh, calling Brett a heretic. Like, y'all, 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 your friends joke like normal people, but this is... (laughs) We do it. You call, heretic. There's not a lot of things. <laughs> there's not a lot of things that can uh, get me, but calling me a heretic or saying that, yeah, yeah, that, it is that, my last episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, uh, Odin will will quote Calvin and from Calvin's Catechism of the Church of Geneva. He will quote him and say, uh, as uh, Calvin summarized, prophecy is an office of teaching bestowed upon the Son of God for the benefit of his own people. And its end is that he illumined them with the true knowledge of the Father, instruct them in truth, and make them household disciples of God. So prophecy, the, the, the role of prophet for Jesus is, it is to reveal God's will to us, 
That is absolutely true. But it is also to make us into who we were created to be. These, I love that, that, that um, image of a household <laughs> disciple of God. Um, and even John Wesley will take that image when he talks about sanctification and the house, uh, you know, I, I'm sure Alan and Jim know the, the image of the house that John Wesley would use where, uh, where uh, uh, prevenient grace is like being on the porch of the house, justifying grace is like walking through the door of the house, and sanctifying grace is like taking up residence within the house under the rules of the house. Um, and so, uh, and this is all from Wesley, and he's using this to help us to understand what it means to be living um, in the will of God. And so that's what the role of the prophet is. And as Jim said, this is a role that still is being fulfilled today um, through through the office, uh, office that Christ holds. So um, let me finish this out in John 20, verses 30 and 31. Uh, this is the summary, if you will, the key verse or the summary verse of the entire book uh, verses of the entire book of John. Um, and John will write, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, or the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, and there were seven, um, and eight if you include the uh, resurrection of Jesus himself. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, the verse that the catechism is lifting up is verse 30. These, um, uh, it's, yes, it's verse 30. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, verse 31. Uh, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, these are written to show you, to show you who Jesus is so that you may believe in him and have eternal life. So, this is Jesus as the prophet. He's fulfilling this role to help us to know uh, his will, to help us to uh, know what it means to be saved, to, to be transformed, to be redeemed, um, to uh, do the will of our Heavenly Father. So uh, as we move on, there's this, we've already hit on this, this idea of humiliation, also this idea of exaltation. I would tell y'all, go read that Philippians passage, Philippians hmm. 2. It's important to read that, especially during Holy Week and coming out of Holy Week, getting ready to go into a season of Easter uh, and then moving on to a celebration of Pentecost. We kind of this is an important piece uh, uh, to this. Uh, when we think of prophets, and I do think this is an interesting thing that we need to talk about. We we do talk about Jesus as prophet, but one of the questions I had is if you read the teachings of Paul, one of the uh, uh, spiritual gifts, you want to call it that? Classical mm -hmm. spiritual gifts that is uplifted in the Old Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, is that a prophecy? So how does that play in to, okay, here's the role of Christ as prophet, here's his office that he holds to, but it does seem like that there's also a role for prophecy among the body of Christ. What do y'all make of that? Yeah, I was reading in Corinthians earlier. I know like many of you, um, I know, I think all three of us and, and a lot of our podicumens are taking up uh, uh, Bible reading through the year, mm -hmm. um, trying to read through the Bible in a year. And I know that maybe you have other reading parts, but mine mine has been in uh, finishing First Corinthians. Um, and Paul lifts uh, prophecy quite a bit in his conversation about uh, exercising the spiritual gifts, talking about how it's edifying for others how it is ministry that reveals God for others. Um, and that comes as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, there is um, a lot of conversation 
in the wider church about prophecy. And I, one of the things that I, that I, I'm still working through in my mind, I know that some of our uh, folks, our uh, firebrand folks, for example, would be, do a better job at talking about this maybe than I would, and maybe you might be as well. But prophecy is a, is a beautiful gift that expresses and reveals God. But there's a, there's a subset of uh, American Christianity, maybe elsewhere too, that kind of takes the idea of prophecy and then uses it to baptize whatever the heck they want to say, um, to justify whatever it is they want to say. So basically, like, if I'm wrong, blame God, but I'm right because I have the power of God under me. Um, now, at the same time, I've experienced great prophecy with people not just, quote, predicting the future, which is what we usually think, but opening one's eyes to what God is saying in the, uh, to a particular person in a particular setting. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, prophecy is not only telling the future. You think about the prophet uh, Nathan who confronts David, who basically opens David's eyes to what he has done uh, with his adultery to Bathsheba and the killing of her husband. So the prophet also opens one's eyes to what God is doing presently. So do y'all ever see that? Like, uh, and maybe it's just me working through something that irks me. Um, I think the the role of prophecy in the church can be a little bit dis, you know, uh, tarnished by some of this stuff. Oh yeah. No, I think, um, and I've listened to some other podcasts. I know, I know for shame. Um, <laughs> wow. This is also your last episode. This is also my last <laughs> podcast. Adultery. Um, Yeah, but I mean, I think there's, um, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole prophetic movement. There's a whole prophetic, um, um, collegiality, uh, the groups that are, um, trying to, they're having, they're having a reckoning, particularly after the last political season that we've gone through that, um, um, you know, who who qualifies as a prophet, um, you know, there is more to being a prophet than telling the future. And in fact, I would say that's the least of what a prophet is. Um, You know, uh, um, if you look at the old Testament prophets, you know, as Jim was really alluding to was, uh, was to call out injustice um, was to point to a more godly future um, that um, really doesn't have anything to do with, frankly, who's president or who's in office or anything like that. Um, and so, um, so I do think there's a reckoning happening among the prophetic movements, particularly in our country. Um, I can't say, uh, other countries or so forth, but, um, um, but yeah, Yeah, and and I think there's also, uh, there's also an appropriate revival of, of, of prophecy as a spiritual gift. There's one guy I would love I want to, I want to read more and listen to, I actually ran into him and went into one of his classes at some event I was in. He actually does some work on the firebrand board. It's uh, P- Dr. Peter Bellini. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's somebody for those of our listeners, cause I don't want to get the wrong idea. Like I I'm all about the exercise of the spiritual gifts. I'm not a cessationist. Um, but I, I uh, want to be able to direct you to somebody who has uh, stronger gifting in some of these areas to be able to speak on it in an extremely well thought out, spirit filled mm-hmm. manner better than I can. And Peter Bellini is one of those, and and others. 
Yeah, and uh, Firebrand does a good job with some of this stuff too, especially um, the uh, the podcast that comes out of uh, Scott Kisker and Maggie Ulmer and mm-hmm. David Watson, which is the um, oh holy um, plain plain truth, a holy yeah. spirited podcast, um, and they do a lot of good stuff with some of this prophetic movements within the Wesleyan. Wesleyan tradition, yeah, uh, which ours. is it's ours. It absolutely is. Hey, have y'all ever had a uh, a prophet in your life? You, you two that so, are on this maybe podcast, not, maybe no. You, it's a question to think about. I don't think yeah. that I've had somebody that would come out and say I am a prophet, but right. I definitely think that, or, or somebody that we recognized as a prophet in the circles that I've kind of grew up in that's not it's not such a widely called out gift however do i think that there are people who have exercised prophecy to me and for me around me Mm -hmm. absolutely i've got a friend named michael who's up in north alabama uh he doesn't go around um calling himself a prophet. And in fact, he doesn't, which is one of the reasons why um, I, I like him so much. He's a, a really, really dear, dear friend of mine. Um, and um, one day, this is probably two or three years ago, uh, we met through my the D-Men program um, at Asbury. And one day, about two or three years ago, I was walking uh, here at the church uh, between buildings, and I was having a bad day. I mean, just a bad day. We've all been there. And I was, and all of a sudden, Michael calls me out of the blue. And I answer the phone as I'm outside walking between buildings. And he says, Hey, man, just wanted to let you know the Lord laid on my heart to tell you that uh, he loves you and that um, you're doing a great job. And I was like, Well, thanks, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I needed to hear. That I mean, it was perfect. There wasn't. You know, uh, he, the Lord wanted me to tell you he, that He loves you and that you're doing a good job and you're 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 doing what you're supposed to be doing. And um, just out of the blue, He said, "I just I just had to call you right now." Um, and so uh, Michael's done that a couple of times. I've actually called Mike before and said, "Hey, I need a I need you to be praying, and if you get a word for me, I just need you to let me know what you're hearing." Because He's just got this in tuneness in that spiritual gift that I trust because He's very very humble. He doesn't just go around, hey, I'm the prophet of the Lord. You know, he's very, very, very humble about this. And so, um, and it's about edifying the body. And so, you know, every so often he'll, you know, if I'm going through a trying time, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm trying to figure something out. I'll call Mike and I'll say, hey, if you've got a word for me, I'm, I'm open ears on this. And it's mm. been, it's been awesome. So I think in, I think in many ways, if you look at the Nathan-David dynamic in the Old Testament, where Nathan calls out, David, you are the man, um, there was a closeness in that relationship that was probably forced upon him through the offices they held, king and prophet. But it was one that, interestingly enough, David respected and heard that you are the man, and, and you know, Psalm 51 comes out of that, that, that psalm of repentance. I'm sorry I cut you off there, Alan. Well, no, I just now now I'm thinking I just want somebody to call me and say you're the man. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll get um, I'll get Andy to do that. <laughs> you know, but I think that's what the prophet knows God's will and reveals God's will, which is what Christ did, and right. and so which is what your friend did as well. Right. Um, you know, going back to the idea that the prophet would um, speak um, 
to injustice and and yeah. speak to a brighter future. And you think about Jesus. And so what's the what's what's like the first word that Jesus really speaks? Um the time has come near. Uh yes. repent and believe. Right. The kingdom has come near. Um he calls us to repent and believe to, to sort of change our ways. Um, but then he also points to the kingdom. Um, the kingdom of God has come with his arrival. And so, um, which kind of sort of gets into the whole idea that he's all three of these offices at once right. because he's the king as well. Um, but um, I actually think the prophet, you know, you go back to Ephesians 4, and it talks about um, the offices, you know, that should be present in the church, that Christ Christ gives apostles, um, uh, prophets, uh, evangelists, shepherds, uh, teachers, mm -hmm. that all five of those things should sort of should be present in our churches. And I don't know if we talk enough about that. Alan Hirsch has done some good work oh, yeah. on, on APEST is what they, is what they call yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, and so anyways. Um, That's awesome. And, and, and it's interesting in those offices, be it in Ephesians or in Corinthians or wherever, it's all expected to be there in the church, right? It's like, it's, this is what, the body of Christ is made up of this. And I wonder if not only we in modern American church have done a bad job of catechizing to basic belief systems or basic beliefs about uh, the Christian faith, but also done a poor job in training up the body of Christ uh, to recognize and to build into the various roles that members of the body of Christ have and are gifted in. It just makes me wonder, do we have people who are called and who are, in sitting in our pew, and they just don't know it, right? They just don't, they, they have this burning cessation in them, but they just have been told for so long, you know, be quiet. Your, great, your greatest gift to this church would be to be a member of the board of trustees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't well, burn within me. me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I think, frankly, you know, just, we've hired the, we've hired those out. Hmm. We've hired those those the role of prophet, the role of shepherd, the role of teacher, and and frankly, you know, if we're honest, we've probably taken them on selfishly ourselves. Um, yeah, and and I know me done a poor job of of um, teaching them and and um, calling them out in our people and equipping them to, to live out these roles in in the church. So and and just um, because and just because we see bad images of these in the world in our culture around us yes. doesn't mean that they are not necessary exactly. and that they're not real and true and what they are. Um, there, are, of course, there are there are bad images of pastors, but pastors are important. There are bad images of deacons. Deacons are important. I mean, this is just a. Uh, just because you say, well, I don't want to talk about prophecy or spiritual gifts or even you know other type of things like speaking in tongues and all whatever it is, because it just gets abused. That's unfortunate that it gets abused, but it doesn't do away with the truth behind the actual gift right. itself. Well, another thing, so I know we need to get back to Christ's fulfillment of this office, um, which is different than what we're talking about in yeah. the church, but it, it is important. One of the things that is also important, not only have we maybe not taught and by our teaching, open the door. But these are not gifts that I can give somebody. Right. They're not gifts that we can teach into somebody. Right. They're gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. And if we believe that is true, um, then to uh, to ensure that in our communities of faith that we are 
um, providing space and direction for people to open themselves up to the Holy Spirit, yeah. spiritual formation and growth, and to recognize and to be able to guide towards seeing, hearing, and understanding the Spirit's work and voice in their lives. Yeah. And then we can call out the gifts mm. that we see the Spirit manifesting. Right. Uh, but you can't manage your way into uh, the biblical manifestation of spiritual gifts and roles. <laughs> you can't control or program your way into the vitality of the church in, that's described right. in Ephesians 4. Right. You see? And so there's a, a strange dynamic in church ministry, for example, where we at one time want to be what uh, our tradition would call the chief executive officer at some point in our church organizations, but right. it's also not all executive and business-like. Right, right. So at any rate. That'll so, but, preach all day long, Jim Morrow. I just well, want good, because I have to write a sermon still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be for later, maybe Pentecost. Um so Christ fulfills the role of prophet. It's it's not only by what he says, but it's also by what he does. We right. talked about washing his feet. It's also about who he is. Right, right. You know, Colossians will say that he is the image of the invisible God. And so his presence in the world is a proclamation and a revealing of God. Yeah. Right. You'll notice that he reinterprets the past. He yes. comes to fulfill the law and the prophets. Right. He uh, recasts terms. He calls back to um, the law and the prophets. Uh, he recasts the present by teaching people the will of God in the moment, but he also calls forward the future as he mm -hmm. talks about the coming kingdom of God and uh, in some ways the wrath that'll come in other ways the joy and grace that will come. So he's tackling in word, action, and being the fulfillment of what the Spirit of Christ brought to the prophets. Right. Um, I do think, so I know what you were saying earlier about the difference between prophecy in the body of Christ and prophecy, the office that Jesus fulfills, but there is a connection there between the no, two. No, there, there is. There, there is. is that, and which is why we, we we talked about that. I do think it's also important to understand, and, and Jim, that summary you just gave, I think, does a very good job at this about what we're talking about here when we talk about Jesus as prophet. I think one of the things that's easy kind of in popular culture today, particularly as there's an increasing amount of secularization in the in our the culture that we're around or we're in today, is to just say, all right, Jesus is a prophet. He was he was a good prophet, or he was just a prophet, as in he was like any other prophet of his day or in history. I, I think of, for example, the prophet Muhammad. Um, out of Islam, which would have been about uh, 600 AD, I think, somewhere in that kind of time frame. Um, it, the prophet Muhammad, the prophecy that is talked about there in the tradition of Islam is a different type of thing than what we're talking about here. Um, Muhammad's role in that tradition is to bring forth the 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 sayings of Allah through the Quran and and, and whatnot. Um, whereas Jesus is fulfilling a role that is from pretty much the beginning of time. Like this is the this is a this is a divine role. Muhammad was always just a man. Jesus is more than just a man. I guess that's what I'm trying to get mm -hmm. at here. We're not talking about pro a prophet as being just a man. The divine role of prophet that the Christian tradition brings out through who Jesus is makes him different and unique from the other traditions of the world. 
you know, it's interesting is the prophets will always say, thus saith the Lord, but mm-hmm. Jesus will say, verily, I say unto you. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And that is, yes, absolutely. Um, I've, all, I've often thought that it would be funny. Of course, Jesus wouldn't do this because he's humble and he wouldn't do this. But I would just love the idea of a funny Jesus. Um, thus, say, thus saith me. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, well, I think also to say that he's just a prophet right. diminishes his priestly and his kingly role. Right. Um, right. It, it, well, it is, and it, it is an attempt to ignore that aspect right. of who Jesus is. Right. Because if you, if you ignore that, then you don't have to repent. If you ignore that, you don't have to, um, mm-hmm. give your life over to ignore, you know, um, Today he was just a good teacher. Well, I can take some of what he said, but I don't have to take all of what he said. Right. Um, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think uh, I think we've done a pretty okay job with uh, <laughs> this idea of Jesus as prophet. And I have loved this discussion about the body of Christ and the role of prophecy as well, because I do think that's an important piece to this. You start seeing within the spiritual gifts, uh, the roles of Jesus that were within Jesus himself, uh, being manifest within the body of Christ. I mean, remember, Jesus really told us, greater things you will do. You know, he t- tells his disciples, greater things you will do. And so we we have, there's a place for it within the body of Christ to learn about the divinity of Jesus, about who Christ is, his offices that he executes, his, the redemption he offers, the will of God, being obedient to this, loving God through our obedience, doing all of that, understanding God's grace and his love and his mercy, but also to understand there is a response that comes from us, a response to that grace. We call this faith, right? But this idea, this trust, but we also understand that that response doesn't just stop at an altar. It doesn't just stop at a moment of decision. It's actually a lifelong thing that is transformative in how we live our lives and who we are as members within the body of Christ, meaning fulfilling these roles that God's Spirit is empowering us to fulfill that becomes where we 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 represent or represent Christ to the world. Uh, we the body of Christ has an important role, a most important role today, um, and the Spirit of God has empowered us to do that. And one of the biggest things that is laid out for us is to look back to Jesus. Look back to Jesus, his humiliation, his exaltation, um, and um, I. You know, Thomas Oden will talk about that humiliation and that exaltation, and he will talk about it not only in the terms of Jesus, but also in the terms of the church itself. And um, you know, we may be humiliated, we may be put down, we may be mocked, we may be martyred, but then we will. There's also an exaltation that comes as well. Um, so this is a. I think it's just a wonderful, beautiful piece uh, to who Jesus is, but also to who we are as the body of Christ. All right, any loose ends? Anything y'all need to um, add to that? Yeah, I want to invite any podicumens. I'd love a couple of voicemails from from you. Um, I would love to hear more about uh, our podicumens experience with yeah. some of the giftings that we've talked about in in the body of Christ. Um, just mm-hmm. how is that? How has that been a part of your spiritual formation? Um, what are some, what are some things that you'd like to share? I'd love to hear some of that. 
You know what I'd like to see? And I'm surprised we didn't see any after our last episode. I'd love to see some hashtag Potokesis in Israel. Um, hashtag Potokesis in Israel. Um, I'm down with this. I am down with this. I've given some thought to this, and I would love to see, man, even if there is like, I, I'm, let's just say I'm down with this. Listen, I'm just going to put it out there. I will wear your company's logo all over my shirt if you want to uh, help me get to Israel. So um, um, I'll put one on my on my arm patch, on my left and my right, on my back. He'll be like a NASCAR. He'll be on his... I'll, yeah. Just call me NASCAR. Yeah. Um, We'll be broadcasting do, every day from wherever but, but we are. But in Israel. in Israel, we got to bring we got to bring all of our podic humans with us. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely, absolutely, man! How awesome! Well, I mean, what started out as a joke, I could see in two to three years being a reality. I'm just saying it could be this year, except that uh, you can't travel right now. That's true. That's absolutely true. Um, so, uh, one last thing I want to say, and I know we all do: um, Happy Easter to our podic community. Um, it, what a remember, no matter what's going on in the world around us, the sun always rises and the sun is risen. And may you have a blessed Easter. He is risen indeed. Our next episode uh, coming up will be um, question 25 How does Christ? execute the office of a priest. So we'll be talking about the, the priestly office of Jesus. Uh, remember our uh, our new podcast, the Daily Psalms podcast. I've been a little slack in putting up new ones. We've got about 13 or 14 of them up, um, but Holy Week and kind of preparing for Easter and some things going on at the church and stuff like that have really kind of taken my time lately, but we'll be putting those, um, some new ones up, but check that out. The Daily Psalms podcast, hit us up on social media at Podikesis on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Questions at Podikesis is our email address where you can send us your, uh, any questions or comments you have, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, 404-635-6679. Remember the hashtag Podikesis in Israel. I'm Brett Maddox. They are Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. Happy Easter. We are out. Y'all have a good day. Yeah, here's some fade-out conversation that you can play the uh, thing over if you want to. So <laughs> uh, on the outline, everybody, Brett has episode 20 coming up next, but I just want to make very clear that that was three episodes ago um, <laughs> that we have actually already completed, and no, that even after all of these weeks, Brett has not yet learned how to count. <laughs> I also actually, this was that episode 20. Those special episodes don't count. They, well, I mean... Okay, Daryl and Andy, y'all calm down. <laughs> so, okay. uh, here's the other thing I've done for you. Uh, I've gone ahead in, in the website and podcast feeds, and I've renamed the Daily Psalms podcast. I've renamed it the eh, Daily <laughs> Psalms podcast. Eh, <laughs> daily. It has been a joy having Jim Morrow on our uh, podcast, and we look forward to naming the new co-host uh, next time. Go I ahead. hope that you'll play the music over some of that. <laughs>